You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 107. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired? And how those skills can be worth $45 an hour. Not that $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work. If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward into your tech career. It's like no other membership available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as we walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be with you. We have another great podcast lined up for you today. Today I'm revealing my super stealthy plan to dominate the tech world once and for all by tricking you into believing that you can become a developer. That is right. When I started your techie, I wanted to introduce all of you moms and non-mom women out there to the wonderful world of tech through whatever means you could be attracted to it. Because I believe that you are capable of being a developer, which is seen by many as the most technical of them all. I'm not sure that it is. Depends on the kind of developer you are. That is why today we are talking about coding. So coding, you want to be a coder, programmer, developer, Engineer, I think engineer is definitely like the favorite word. I don't use that one a lot because I'm from Detroit and where I'm from, engineer does not really mean web engineer. It's more like auto engineer, (laughs) but that's not really a great foundation. So I tend to use the word developer. When I search careers, I still think people lean towards the term developer, but you know, engineer, web anything like that. So I'm just calling it straight up coding in this podcast today, because I want you to believe that if becoming a developer or whatever word you want to use is a goal for you, I want you to believe that it's possible for you. And it's a great way to have a six-figure career that has flexibility So you can be there for your kiddos and still use your super amazing, brilliant brain. However, if you dive in to coding and you think there's something wrong with me, I don't quite get this, you may never get hired. You may think that you are cut out for it. You don't have that kind of a brain. Well, that is not exactly the way it works. So I'm going to walk you through why everyone 
of you listening right now should consider this career and why deciding it's not right for you should be based on something other than your brain doesn't work that way because it does. Okay, I want to start off by telling you why I'm a good person to listen to on this topic. Now, if you're thinking, Ellen, hello, you're the You Are Techie Lady. We're going to listen to you. I'm going to say, no, I don't think you should listen to everyone on the topic of coding. You need to be really careful what your lens is. So let me start off with my story on why I first listened to the wrong person. And she's not a bad person. She was just an older friend. And we were in high school. And she's like, yeah, don't take that programming class. It's so hard. It's so hard. But I thought about taking programming in high school and didn't. And I listened to her. But what I didn't realize is that she wasn't looking for another challenge. She had all these other APs and I didn't really have that many APs. And so I needed a challenge academically. And so I think it would have been a good course for me. Also, I really enjoyed problem solving. I really just liked that type of thing. And I found the computer classes in high school to be super, super easy. Now, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm sure they're not exactly like that anymore. I hope they're not. I don't know. My daughter doesn't have one yet. But I was scared off because I listened to a well-meaning older friend who wasn't in the same situation that I was in. So I want you to be really careful who you're listening to. Okay. Also, other people who are really successful at programming, I don't know if you have this tendency, but I do. I want to go to the person who's the most amazing at it, the most brilliant at it. But Lewis Howes who has the School of Greatness podcast, I think he knows a little bit more than me about some of the stuff. And he says, when he's developing mentors, he goes to someone who's just one or two steps ahead of him. Well, duh, that makes so much sense. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Thank you, Lewis. And I think that many of us, I would have wanted to go to someone like 10 years into their development and ask them about it. And I want to discourage you from doing that. Because they are going to have so many opinions based on their own experience. And that experience is unlikely to be yours if you're a beginner. So I only fell into programming in college because I was so bored by Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel in high school that I was like, I will do anything to not have to repeat these classes. I know every single thing about it. And they're so boring. And the college counselor was like, there's really nothing I can do unless you want to take a programming language for three credits when all you need is one credit. I said, sold, sign me up. I'll take it. And he's like, are you sure? I said, yes. And I loved that class because why? Because I was amazing at it? Nuh-uh. No, I was not. Because Paul, yeah, we got to call him Paul. I thought it was so cool. My professor let me ask a million trillion questions and he thought that was great and he would answer all of our questions and he was just really supportive and encouraged the type of learning that I loved which was getting in there doing it experimental learning asking in the moment so that is why I did so well in that class and then I transferred because I loved computer science after that. And my little tiny Catholic school in West Michigan didn't have computer science as a major. So I had to transfer. 
And when I transferred, I struggled so much. And it's not because there was anything wrong with my professor. He was amazing. I love you, Professor Suey. So supportive. I failed the first test and he's like, you're so smart. So how can you say that? But again, very supportive. But I struggled. I struggled to go from computer science one to computer science two. And only after that was all in C++, because we're going to talk about coding and languages. So everything I learned was in C++. And after that, I started learning other languages. We learned some assembly language programming. We learned some Java, even some JavaScript. And what happened is I kept asking the same questions in different environments. And it really gave me a solid foundation about how programming works. And I think that's one of the reasons that I was able to teach it. I, I taught programming at the high school level before before this, many of you know. So that was very helpful to me to see the same answers and questions and problems in different environments for different projects and different programming languages. And that gave me a really solid understanding of different programming languages, which is what I'm going to talk to you about today. And so I think I'm a good person to listen to because I do know a few different programming languages. So I I have a little bit more of a breadth that you can pull from. And also because I've been in this challenging situation of learn over learning and I did over learn, but you can benefit from it. So when I was staying at home with the kids and I wanted to return to work, I could have just returned as like a Java developer, C++ developer, even JavaScript. I didn't have to learn a whole new language to return. I kind of made that up in my head because I was fearful that I wouldn't be good enough. But that and I was also very fearful about deadlines and how I couldn't meet the deadlines. So that fear led me to learn a new programming language from a free resource that I'm going to tell you about in in a little bit. But that free resource was excellent when I used it a decade ago. And it's only better today. And it's only better today because the person and the people who've been keeping it up have done this for years. I mean, for over a decade, I'm sure that they've put it, been working on it. And so what I want you to take away from that is that when you stick with something and you're committed to an improved outcome, things get better. This free resource that I'm talking about gets better. Your programming will get better. And you shouldn't do what I did, which is to learn a bunch of different languages. You should just stick with one. Okay, so let me walk you through. And I've talked a little bit about what programming languages to use and what I recommend. I'm going to dive into some specifics and some free resources. And then I have a new free resource for you from your techie that you're going to love. So stick with me on that one. Okay, so the first thing I want to tell you is my recommendation for you is to not learn Python. (laughs) If you're out there, you're like, Thanks. I've been spending the last six months doing it. If you are already learning Python, go for it. If you're listening and you're a Python developer and you want to punch me in the face, listen, I get it. I understand. It's a beautiful language. I don't because Python is one of those languages I don't know. I don't remember ever using it. I might have written it a little bit, but I don't really and I really don't know it at all. And so if you're like, well, how can you possibly they don't learn it? Let me tell you why. Because I have seen a lot of women start development and then not finish, not get hired in in development. I've seen a lot of people come and go. They'll say, well, I want to do this or I don't want to do this or I've tried learning this or whatever. And in my kind of anecdotal experience, Python is the number one language that they quit, that they don't use. And I believe it's because it's hard. And my evidence for that is that the best developers that I worked with tended to know Python. 
So I don't think Python tends to be a great beginner language. And the problem with that is if you're talking to a friend or an acquaintance and you're letting them know that you might want to be a developer, you probably have heard, oh my gosh, learn Python. And the reason for that is if you go to the Tybee Index, and I'll link to it in the show notes, you'll see that Python is the number one most used programming language of this year and last year, or I guess 2020, 2021, depending on when you're listening to this. So it is a very popular language. And if you go onto the the job boards, you will see that it's highly paid. So there's nothing wrong with Python as a developer career. I think it can be a great career. I just don't think it's the best intro into development. I think it doesn't give you the foundation that you need in terms of the basics. And so I just, if you're just getting started and you're trying to make a decision, just strike that one off. Strike that one off. I'm going to give you two better options. The most important thing, though, in this is to pick one and stick with it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about what that's going to feel like because. It really does feel completely overwhelming at the beginning, like you don't belong. You're like, I'm sorry, you've just started speaking another language and I don't know it. Where is my guidebook? So that is normal. All right. The first, we're diving into two languages and two free tools. Did you hear me? Two languages, two free tools. Pick one. Don't do both. Did you hear me say pick one? Okay, cool. The first one is our brand new free resource that I'm offering at Your Techie. And you can go to yourtechie.com slash dev, D-E-V, for developer. And we, I'm opening up a piece of our developer course for free for you. What? And so let me tell you what that is. It's two modules. So the course is five basic modules, or excuse me, five, five modules plus a starter module. So I call my starter module zero. And so we're opening up the starter module, dev zero, and our first module one. And our dev, our dev zero module is a front end module. So it's HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And there are two CSS, two CSS lessons and two JavaScript lessons. It's not JavaScript A to Z. It's not JavaScript everything you ever wanted to know, but it's, it's a great, foundation to some really solid JavaScript knowledge and functions. Okay. And then module one is called programming with JavaScript, but our course is junior full stack developer with JavaScript React. So it's really setting you up to be a React developer. And I'm opening up modules zero and one for free. And I'm not going to go into all the details about programming with JavaScript. I'm just going to tell you, like, there's a ton of content in module one. There's a lot. You're going to get a lot of great info. And I appear in these and our mentors appear in these. And so you're just going to get a a little flavor of what your techie can offer in terms of development. But one of the reasons I wanted to open that up for you, and then I'm going to tell you about this other free resource. So that's for JavaScript React. That's a full stack developer knowledge base. And you could just be a front-end developer. You could just do HTML, CSS, and JavaScript to do front-end. That's totally fine. It's a great way to to dive in and get started. 
But one of the things our course offers is what a junior full stack does. So just because you know React, you don't have to build React program from scratch. As a junior, you're just updating and putting pieces together. And I, I think our program does a great job. Our course does a great job explaining that, how you're going to just need to understand these different pieces. And then that's a great way to go. And I do think if you start as a junior developer, a junior full stack, you can move forward into six figures a lot quicker. And so that's why we recommend that path. But there's nothing wrong with front end. There's nothing you can go ahead and get started at front end if you want to get hired a little bit faster. If you think that, you know, just knowing those three HTML, CSS and JavaScript is helpful to you. But I'm opening that free resource up to you. I think I think you guys are going to like it. What do you think? Got some good stuff going on in the podcast for these first two episodes of 2022. Okay, so that's a free resource for you. That's from UR Techie. Now, the other free resource is not from us. I'm just going to tell you about it, but I know it intimately because the language that I used to learn when I was returning to the workforce was Ruby. And it's Ruby on Rails. And I'm going to talk about what Ruby is the programming language. We'll just say that. And you can go to Ruby on Rails.org. And that's the free resource. And when you go there, you're going to see a big video, totally free, that is done by DH, David Hannemeyer Hansen. He, everyone just calls him DHH. No, I don't know him personally, but they just call him that everywhere on the internet. <laughs> so that's his Twitter handle. So you're going to see this video by DHH. Now, DHH is the creator of the Ruby programming language. So, you know, what did he do in his spare time? Just developed a programming language. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool language. I happen to love it. I think that it really spoke to me when I was a stay-at-home mom and I was doubting my technical abilities. And then it just, Ruby and Rails, it just kind of clicked for me. It felt like it was more English type language than some of the C++ I had worked on. It just made more sense to me. I don't know. It made more sense to me. So you can check that out. But when you start watching that video, you might start laughing like, what is I don't even know what he's talking about. Why did he just say crud? He's using he's name calling. No, what you are listening to anytime you need to pause, re-listen, listen to it again or look something up, that is just part of the process. That is part of the process. So I want to just tell you specifically what this is. So Ruby is the programming language that David wrote. And then Rails is the web framework. And I just want to explain to you what that means, because let me tell you what happens. So when you have a web framework or the way that Rails at least works, which is a beautiful example, is that you write a short line of code, literally one line, and that auto generates much of the backend work that you would need to write, it just creates it. And if you're like, well, how does that work? <laughs> well, the way it works is that other developers, first DHH and then other contributors, have written many pieces of that web framework. They've, they've already done things like, well, I don't want to retype this again and again every time. And so I'm going to create a script, a short line of code, that's going to auto-generate it. And that's what Rails is really doing for you. So Ruby as a language is great, 
but it's not nearly as powerful as Rails. So if you type a short line of code and then all this stuff appears, you're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? I have no idea. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Okay. Well, what's happening is that things are being auto-generated. So just take a deep breath and you don't have to know every detail that goes into that. You just need to know, okay, what is create? what was just created? What does that do for me? How do I interact with it? And then you can go deeper and deeper. So that is a pretty cool free tool that, like I said, is just, I mean, over the last 10 years, I can't even tell you, I thought it was amazing 10 years ago. And now when I see it, it's just, it's really a beautiful, brilliant thing. Okay. So the final piece of this coding topic that I want to bring up is it's great to go to our free tool to the Eurotechie free module zero and one. It's great to go to rubyonrails.org and use DHH's free video. It's great. But it will mostly confuse you if you don't do this other thing. And I cannot emphasize this enough because your brain is going to fight this. It'll fight it big time. It'll just say, I need to know one more thing. I need to let me just watch this other video. I really want to hear what DHH has to say on this. But what you really need is a project to work on. You could literally know zero code and pick your project and start working on it. And I know it doesn't feel like that, but you really could do that. And what I recommend, if you've been listening, is two projects, one that you pick yourself and one that you use your networking skills, your community building skills to meet a quote unquote free Lance client so that you help them with their project. And what this does is if you can really get yourself to commit to that one project and then that other project, but you can commit to that one project from beginning to end, what you will do is come across the natural hurdles that occur in a web development project. And then you have to navigate those. You're not bad at programming because you don't know how to authenticate a user. You're not bad at programming because you're not sure how to pass the data or you tried to pass the data and it didn't work. It's just the natural hurdle that you have to overcome in order to acquire those skills and communicating the specific problem you're having and finding the right forums and places and people who can help you answer those. That is part of the process that you go through as you create this one project and then your next project. If you try to instead learn all the syntax and every single thing means in a programming language, you're just going to go down the rabbit hole. It's not going to be effective. So so back to why I think I'm a good person on this is when I was staying at home, I know you do not need to start a company, but I started a company back then to, uh, I'm a Catholic school girl. My parents are Catholic school teachers. We started a company called Sustainable Catholic Schools. And it was to help figure out financial aid for people who wanted to go to Catholic schools. And that was a really meaningful project for me. And that is how I learned Ruby on Rails, as I, as I built that project from beginning to end using that programming language. But it was really meaningful to me. And I was going to get there. And I, you know, I had clients and deadlines and things so that also helped. But committing yourself to that one project, I came across all these different hurdles. I didn't know how to solve them when I first started out. 
And I know it can feel like, well, yeah, but you had a programming background or you had, yes, but really you don't need any of that to go through these hurdles and solve these challenges, figure out where to go. Who do I ask? How do I get through that? That's a much more effective strategy. That part I did right, even though I didn't need to learn an extra programming language. By doing that project-based approach, I was much more well-qualified for the work world to solve those challenges than if I just took another course or did another certification. Or It really was a very good preparation to entering professional life because that is exactly what's going to happen when you're a web developer. You are not going to be able to predict every hurdle that comes up. You just have to get comfortable that hurdles come up and you can solve them. Hurdles come up and you can solve them. Oh, I used these three forums last time and let me go back to those. Oh, it didn't work this time. Okay, let me try this other solution. Getting better and better at specifically communicating and and also getting better at writing it down, the problem that you're having and what the context of your code is, those are the skills that the professional world is looking for in terms of a developer. That is the coding that you are going to need. Those are the actual skills. And the programming language is less important, but it's very important that you stick with one because knowing that if you keep changing programming languages, it's a moving target. You're not going to necessarily understand the nuances of that one language that you need. And I know it can feel intimidating. You are able to change languages once you get hired, once you've done that one language for a while and you really feel like you understand it well, then you can figure out whether you want to change or not. But when you're at that bottom of the S-curve learning, you don't want to keep going to the bottom of the S-curve on a programming language. Oh, so learn another one. Okay. Because you also need to set up your environment every time you learn a new project, setting up an environment. That's just part of the process. You go to a new You get hired, you go into your job, you're going to have to set up that environment. Their environment's going to be different than the one you were using with your freelance client. And so all of those variables, you want to reduce as many of those as possible so you can focus on the problem solving part of it. And you can focus on climbing that S curve, not staying at the bottom and really getting into the sweet spot middle of it and helping yourself by holding steady a lot of those variables and just focusing on that one that one project in that one programming language. So I will link to those free tools, yourtechie.com slash dev. You can go there now or I'll link to it, rubyonreels.org. I think they're going to be really life-changing for you. So if you're just joining us, welcome. We love having you. We're super excited for you to be with us here. And in case you're wondering, we believe that you are techie and that you can get hired faster and for more money. And maybe, just maybe, 2022 is your year. Thanks so much for being with me here. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.